Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Jen. Well, hi, Mayor. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's Sunday and a little rainy here in North Carolina, and it's kind of nice. So this is the first time we have recorded our podcast on video in addition to audio. I'm super excited about this because I know we have a lot of fans that are YouTube users, and they've asked for us to start providing them with um, video content. So here we go. Here we are. I might be a little camera shy, but I'm going to handle it okay. Well, you look great. Um, In your case, the camera takes off at least 10 years. Oh, thanks. Could I take a few more pounds? (laughs) (laughs) We have to adjust some settings for that first. (laughs) Okay, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. So you've been a busy beaver the last couple of weeks. Well, let's say the last few months. I mean, we are talking this caregiver life, and you've had a lot of caregiving responsibilities, but you've also been really super busy with your job. And I think that our listeners would really love to hear about the first event, the Politico event. Okay, well, every year, um, late October through November, even into early December, I get super busy with my speaking engagements, and I love that. Um, But this year, it kicked off with a bang. It started with a Politico Live event, um, 60 minutes almost, in Washington, D.C., at the Washington Court Hotel, where I was a guest on a panel of four um, of the Politico live team, their journalism team. And I really learned a lot about news, current events, the coverage of news in our country and what Politico is doing to bring that not just to um, their United States audience, but they have an audience around the world, 25 million. That's pretty impressive. 25 million is a lot of, a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers. And I, I know as an AP government teacher, when I was teaching online, I used political often. That's how I became familiar with that as a really an online media um, sort of mogul. I mean, they've kind of really taken over the political field. It was, it was kind of information I could really count on for my students. So I was thrilled to find out that they have um, these live events where I followed you when I was watching political. I watched your event and I was really proud of you. And Um, And really excited to see that this is a national, and as you say, international conversation. So how did you get chosen to to be on this program, to be on this event? Well, every media outlet has their own secret formula to finding stories and to utilizing contacts. And the Politico team actually identified some social influencers in the caregiving industry world and um, I'm apparently one of them and they also talked to their sponsor for this live event which was USAA and I've done a lot of work with USAA over the years. Um, They have done some great work providing financial tools for military and veteran families and they're also committed to helping um, more military caregivers find meaningful employment 
and retain meaningful employment. That's actually a really big initiative for USAA. They're huge sponsors of both the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and Wounded Warrior Project, who are both employee. So there's my disclaimer there. Um, but I was not paid to be part of the Politico panel um, caring on the home front. Um, I was simply there just to add my experience as a military caregiver and um, also to share the experience of the caregiving community. You know, I'm um, in touch with thousands of caregivers via Facebook. And so I was able to ask that audience in advance um, what they wanted uh, brought into the conversation. And did you feel that you had ample opportunity to get those, to get the messaging across? I really did. You know, it's hard when you ask a caregiving population at large um, to weigh in on what's important to them because the caregiving um, community is so vastly diverse, even in the military and veteran space. You have caregivers who are caring for someone who's in their 90s, so elderly geriatric issues. Then you have caregivers who are parents to a 20, 21 year old that has been wounded in combat. And every kind of situation in between. So you've just got the gamut of issues. But what I did was just try to look at what um, has the most opportunity to be improved and for um, the other panelists to weigh in on, because I feel like that's important to access expertise when you have it available. And that's what I brought to the conversation. Well, I felt like you, you delivered the message strongly and confidently. And I felt that the other panelists were, uh, they contributed really well. They did. Um, one of the panelists is a veteran and his son is in the, is in the Marine Corps and he's um, the child of a veteran and just passionate about veterans issues. He works in a nonprofit scheme. There was a panelist from the VA who took some pretty heavy hits. She took some big questions and was, authentic and frank with her answers, which I appreciated very much. And then um, someone that you and I are friends with, Terry Tenelian, who is a, a data scientist, a researcher, and she was able to bring um, a lot of data to the conversation. And I appreciate that on a panel because, you know, I'm touchy-feely um, in this situation and, and Terry was nuts and bolts. And that's what we really needed, that balance. Mm -hmm. Well, she provided it really well. She's really sharp and She's, she's really given a lot to the caregiver community at large. And I think even beyond our, our sphere of military veteran caregivers, I think she sees the bigger picture, which is, is really beautiful that she does, but because that's what we do here as well, this caregiver life, where we love our military veteran caregiver population and, and, um, and the struggles that we have and the, the wins that we have, but we also see beyond that. We know that there are I don't know, 40 million caregivers out there. So many of them. But I just I just read today there's like 16 million caregivers of people who have Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah, that's you know that's the that's such a growing segment, and and it really can often be that um, has a lot of turnover very quickly. You know, some people progress so fast with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of hits you really fast and requires so much of you in, in a short period of time. And then it's over. And it, and it probably to those caregivers feels like, you know, getting hit by a truck. So one, then, of the things, one of the things I always hope with the things that we do and um, that, that we talk about here on the podcast that we both have work diligently with as fellows with the foundation and in your work in general, including being on Politico, is 
um, the discussions that we have, the conversations, talking about employment, really gainful employment that, I mean, I've, I've worked remotely in a few different jobs and some were much more sustaining than others, depends on the amount of communication you get as a remote worker, um, that it spreads out to the caregiver community at large, that we don't just have that in the military veteran lane, that it's with other ones, you know, that other people, that other employers will have more sense of what we can still do, how it matters to us to still be gainfully employed, regardless of what lane you're traveling in as a caregiver. I really tried to keep that in mind during the political conversation because so much of what military and veteran caregivers experience personally, so the, the personal challenges of caregiving are the same as a caregiver for someone with special, for a child with special needs or a spouse with a disability that's not a veteran. Um, even though the, the topic was caring on the home front, um, the subjects, employment, respite care, um, mental health, that, that carries carries over a great deal. And um, I was very honored to be the voice of, you know, millions of people on that, on that um, panel. And I, I do feel that I was heard. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback um, since the Politico event, which was October 17th. And um, there, you, anybody can still consume it. We'll put a link um, so that if you'd like to listen, you can. There's a lot of good takeaways. Um, I was asked a couple of things about employment. I really want employers, um, whether they're nonprofit, for-profit, government entities, I'd like for them to really take a look at the flexible opportunities that they can provide, even to those who are already working for them, to their current employees, and also to accommodating spaces. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have uh, rooms for nursing mothers, we really need to have a room available for people to take care of personal caregiving business, to make a phone call to a doctor, to um, call their loved one to remind them to take medication if they need to. There are so many small details that can be um, done at your desk, but that's interrupted to the environment, to the employee themselves or their coworker. A lot of times you feel at least for me, um, I feel self-conscious. Like I don't want to bother my, my coworkers who are sitting in the cubes next to me when they have to hear me talk to the bank or hear me talk beyond FaceTime during a doctor's appointment. So I wanted to just encourage employers to think about just providing a space, not so that a caregiver can sit in there for two hours, but maybe so they can sit in there for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I also drove home the the, the real asset that caregivers can be to an employer. You know, a, a caregiver is really good at multitasking and cutting through red tape and has such a, um, so much richness to, to add to um, workforce diversity. And oftentimes is, is a much more empathetic employee than someone who has not been a caregiver. It helps other people solve problems. And I wanted to bring that to light because I don't want employers to see caregivers as burdens. They really are assets. They are assets and they, they sometimes at various times will need a little something extra, uh, maybe a little bit of extra time, maybe a paid caregiver doesn't show up at home if they're not working remotely. Many, many caregivers continue to get up every day and go to the office or to wherever their workplace may be. And sometimes when that paid caregiver doesn't show up, they, they need the patients. They, they need you to understand. Yeah. And there are a lot of caregivers like you and I in different caregiving roles that um, do some of that 
remotely from hundreds of miles away from their care recipient. Yes, well, at the event that we were at the, last week, um, I was sitting next to donors for the Dole Foundation, as many of us were at the event, and I was caregiving right then and there because my red solo cups for medication was not working out that night. <laughs> so for those who are listening, the little I used a little red, you know, like jello shot solo cups <laughs> to put medications in so Tom can put the medications in his hands and I laid them out and they got all mixed up. The cups got all mixed up mm. for AM and PM. So he poured them out in one hand, took a photo of it and sent it to me. And then we had to have a, a little bit of a conversation back and forth because he was concerned that it wasn't, still wasn't the right one. I mean, even though I do know it was the right one, he just wanted to make sure. And that's fair. You know, he didn't want to take two blood pressure medications in one day or, or the wrong, too much diabetes medication or whatever it was that, was that he was concerned about. So, and I explained that to the woman who was sitting next to me. This is caregiving happening right now. So even though I'm away and this is respite for me, it's it's never totally respite for us. Yeah, it never it never is. Um, and even when I was at the Politico event, I was doing some caregiving um, before and after, and just feverishly texted and said, "My phone's going to be turned off for an hour because I I can't I can't do that when I'm live on." <laughs> um, but I think. I think that people in the room heard what I said and that people online who've, who've watched heard and I've gotten a lot of feedback from it. And certainly any of our audience that does take a listen, I'd love to hear what they have to say about it and be part of the conversation. Um, I don't think Politico is done covering this subject because it's such a big one. I did want to share if you want to, if any of our listeners would like to take a look, um, you can find it, I'll share my screen now, you can find it on the politico.com um, website. And it's just at politico.com slash live dash events. And then um, it's called Caring on the, on the Home Front. And um, all you have to do is just click on it and you can watch it in. Um, there's a like remarks and then the whole panel. You can watch the entire thing if you like. and. It really was just an amazing opportunity. This is Harriet Dominique from USAA. Um, she opened up the program and then um, there I am on stage. <laughs> you look good though. Thank you. You can also follow, the, there was a lot of conversation um, on Twitter during the panel. Um, the hashtag PoliticoVets was used and um, a lot of people were partaking in the conversation, which was great. And um, uh, I had never actually met Ashish before from the National Military Family Association, but um, he is a, just a huge advocate of uh, military families and, and has a real understanding of caregiving and uh, was honored to meet him. Lisa Pape from the VA provided a lot of valuable information, including some answers about upcoming expansion of the VA caregiver program, the Program for Comprehensive Care, which will um, expand from 20,000 caregivers to 100,000 uh, sometime in the next year. And it's a lot. And um, also the addition of over 600 employees at the VA to work in that department, which sounds like a huge undertaking in and of itself. I can't imagine being part of that. Um, but then also you can see Terry Tenillion there from RAND who um, 
is also currently um, a fellow with the George Bush Presidential Center. So she's doing some great work for the Bush Institute right now. Wow, that's fantastic. What a great lineup. It was, um, I had not really ever been on anything live with that large of an audience before. Mm -hmm. So it was a bit, it was a bit um, nerve wracking, really. Um, but important. And, and, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, well, why do you do this um, advocacy work? Why do you, why does it matter? And it matters because um, I'm just one voice of millions. Mm -hmm. um, I happen to have a background in, in radio and broadcasting and I, I feel comfortable to sh sharing my story and sharing the concerns of other caregivers. And so I've been able to access some platforms that make my voice um, heard uh, on behalf of millions. Well, I think you do a great job speaking on behalf of. It would be easy to put, put the blinders on and think about what your perspective is, your caregiving um, responsibilities have been and your care recipient and specifics to him rather than thinking more broadly about you know the military veteran caregiver at large and I think you do a really good job you listen well to people um, compassionate listening is my is my new phrase that I really like because I think when we do that we can we can really learn so much from each other well, thank you, Mary. And I could say the exact same thing about you. And I think it's what's fueled us both to be part of this caregiver life. Um, and, I, and I think it's going to continue. We have some very exciting content coming up for our audience. Just a little teaser there. Um, we were both in D.C. Uh, last week for the Hidden Heroes Annual Summit, the convening, and then work on the Hill, a lot of advocacy work, and then it um, all culminated in a gala, which was exciting. I got to actually be the online digital host and interview some of the celebrities there, which was, well, that great. was fun. I think we should share some of the, we should share them on this caregiver life page. I think we will. Um, I'll show everybody how you can access that. I'll share my, share my screen again. And um, we love for you to take a look at some of that content. We'll upload uh, some of the videos. Um, give you a little teaser, you definitely will recognize some of the people that I interviewed, like <laughs> Tom Hanks. Fun. He's fun. And his wife, uh, Rita Wilson. She was good. Very exciting. Um, I've, uh, I've been actually crazily locked out of Facebook again, Marihol. It's going to be just a second That's before I get back in. Can you believe that? Well, they're being extra secure. I guess I like that. I guess I like that. We did podcast about that on our other podcast, Sarcasm Sisters. We could. We could do Sarcasm Sisters. Speaking of security, I spoke somewhere interesting last week. Yes. Tell us about that. I spoke at a, um, a military base that also has a, a lot of um, national security workers there. <laughs> and that's all you can tell us, right? Or you have I to tell us all. I can't tell you anything more except that it was a very rich and unique experience and um, definitely not something that the lay person ever understands, ever would get. Recognizing you? Oh, there you go. 
I mean, we're not, it didn't recognize me, but if you go to this caregiver life on Facebook, this is what it looks like. There's our really cute logo for those of you who haven't seen it before. Um, Please go there, like our page just like I've done. Um, You can even share things on our page if you have found an interesting article or even a funny meme about caregiving, we love that. So um, we hope that you will consider doing that. And um, we're also on Twitter. We are Twitter at, um, what is it called? It's at this caregiver. At this caregiver, because, because we were limited to the characters we could have. Correct. Um, We're on Instagram, and I had prom- as soon as I promised that I'm going to post more about something, I it's almost assuredly believe that it's not going to happen. I probably <laughs> just not say that because then I probably would post every day. But I've been a little um, behind, so I'll be back on Instagram. You should you should go there. We try to try to post some interesting pics there and some uplifting, inspirational memes. We try not to be depressing about caregiving because it's you could probably find that right around you yeah so this caregiver life is not about that for us it's about helping other people it's about um, learning and continuing to grow and develop as people even though we are caregivers and we want to encourage the the, those around us to do the same whether you're a caregiver or you're just supporting them uh, which is why you're here listening we want this to be developmental and, and and enriching for everyone we do. So if you want to message us, you can leave us a voice message. We would love that. Only because we've only gotten maybe one voice message, but I might even voice message us just so I could see what it sounds like to have a voice message on our, on our podcast. But we're ready for you to call or email us the caregiver life at gmail.com. I mean, really, if, if you say that you cannot find me and Mary, you're not looking. Mm-hmm. We are so easy to find. This caregiver life. You can find us on Instagram with that, on um, Facebook. You could email us. I, I did a little blog. I did a little podcast yesterday of something I had written just because I felt like it about respite. And I decided to record it and put it on a podcast. I'm not sure I'll keep it up there forever. I might take it down. You never know. I can be funny like that. But I, I, did, say, <laughs> I did say the wrong email. I said, this caregiver dot com i forgot the gmail and i was going to redo the whole thing and i said nah forget it you just get it everybody gets it right you can ask us yeah you can go on our facebook page and say what's our email again or actually our email is on the facebook page so (laughs) right i mean i'm a caregiver so come on you know i just forget sometimes some of these things but i think um you did a great job with politico i really appreciate you being a spokesperson for us and thank you helping to get the message out and i know that behind the scenes there's a lot of people doing a lot of work that um is meant to help us have better quality of lives we can't change the conditions of our care recipients but we can improve the quality of our life and if we improve the quality of our life we improve the quality of their life that's right. And, you know, um, as I said on the Politico broadcast, when you care for a veteran, uh, you know that they they enlisted or e- even those who were drafted, um, it was for a set amount of time for a certain length. Um, and you and I got drafted as caregivers and um, there is no contract date. This is this can happen to anyone and it can happen to you for decades. And the way that we get through this caregiver life is by supporting each other. We do. And so with that, we'll sign off till the next time. Till next time, Mayor.